These are the voyages. I'm the captain, Captain Chase McKinney, and joining me for some more shenanigans as we talk about profit in gold press latinum. My very, uh, I don't know, savvy friends, Commander Eric and Commander David. How are you, fellas? Been hitting the 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 Thoroth. The Thoroth. Yes, I've been hitting the Thoroth. The word of the day, toilet paper. Oh man, maybe. So what if I have? It's all good. <sighs> a thethorth. I love a good thethorth. Thank you, David, for that. Appreciate it. Yeah. Oh man, we we had like a good pre-show conversation, which we will not reiterate on, on um, on the show. But yeah, we had we had a fun little uh, pre-show conversation, and uh, there you go. But I mean, other than that, like um, I know you guys have some some stuff coming up here pretty soon, right? Like. David, you're going on your um, your honeymoon here in the next uh, couple days or so, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, Saturday Saturday morning, six a.m. First uh, first leg. Yeah, about, first light, getting up there. Uh huh. About Almost ten like hours to ten hours uh, to uh, Des Moines, Iowa, or Des Moines. Des Moines. I love going to Des Moines. Do you remember driving through Iowa, Chase? I feel like I've recounted this story on the show before. Probably, yeah. Yeah. There wasn't anything there. No. No. Nope. Yeah, we were... Um, Ashley's mom came through uh, today, and she was, like, looking at the route, and uh, apparently she just really hates Nebraska. <laughs> we're not really going through Nebraska at all, but she's like, oh, Nebraska's the most boring state out. There's nothing there. There's nothing in there at all. They lived in Wyoming for a while where while her dad went to college. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's nothing in Wyoming. I know. That's and there's like, more like, of it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, first leg, Iowa, South Dakota, uh, Wyoming, Arizona, Utah, Colorado, Kansas. Missouri, just a little bit of everything there. So I, th- I think we're touching like ten different states. When are you going to be uh, in Colorado? Good old, That's what I good old Missouri. Yeah, we'll, we'll be staying a night in Kansas City, just to, as like a stop. It's Kansas a stop City. Kansas City is a fun city. Yeah. It really is. So, so when are you planning on being in Colorado? That's what I want to know. Uh, t- to be fair, I don't have the itinerary. <laughs> Yeah, he didn't make the itinerary. I, well, I didn't. I didn't at all. Uh, I, I don't remember. It, it's it's on the it's on the back end because it's basically just as we're driving back. Okay, okay. Because like the, um, I, I don't remember if I mentioned it, but I'll be in Colorado here um, pretty soon for a conference uh, for like two, three, four days, something like that. And um, that would have been wild if we were going to be in the same city at the same time. Because I'm assuming. Like with you hitting like national parks, like that would have been like Rocky Mountain or something that you'd be checking out. Well, we're we're actually more focusing on the like Arizona, Utah sort of like so Grand Canyon, <coughs> Zion, uh, Mesa Verde, and then uh, something else. But I mean, Colorado is mainly we're just going to be staying in like Colorado Springs for a okay, night or gotcha. two and then moving on. So it, it's more of a pass a pass through state on the way back home. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Oh, man. Well, how about you, Eric? What's what's cooking in your world? Nothing. 
So I don't, I don't, I don't get to cook, right? I don't get to stay. We have just a little galley kitchen, and I'm told I have to get out every time there's cooking going on, right? Because there's not enough room for the both yeah. of us, and yeah. I'm just in the way. <clears throat> so speaking of cooking, um, <clears throat> one of the conferences that I'm going to um, in early November, one of the theme days that they're going to have. It's the, um, what are they calling it, like the Pursue Your Passion Day. So they want you to kind of <clears throat> dress up in, um, in a way that uh, represents like your passions, for instance. So I was like thinking, what are some of my passions? And like I came up with a few. I mean, Star Trek's on there, right? Cooking's on there. Uh, music and then a slew of other things, which I won't get, get into. And I got to thinking, I could totally go as pike like i could just wear like a pike uniform throw on an apron and i'm good <laughs> <laughs> pike's peak going right right and we were actually talking about <clears throat> the pike's peak thing like at dinner tonight i was like i wonder if i could pull that off like you know just to add to it so there may or may not be a, a test run of me being able to pull off the pike's peak here in the near future but i don't know but <clears throat> one thing I do enjoy about um, being in my mid thirties is um, you just do something and then like you have a delayed reaction to it. I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about with this, but like you do like a push up, or you you run, or you just I don't know lay down, and then like the next day like part of you is broken, right? <laughs> yeah, I know that feeling. So I've been doing this um, this like workout regimen for several months now, and um, I think it was last Friday that we it was um, an upper body day. So I was doing like some diamond push-ups and some like planks and other stuff, and like I was feeling fine. Like I've done this kind of stuff before, like no big deal. And the next day, like we go hiking, and I think it's about midday, end of the day. Like my arm starts hurting. I'm like, what is going on? And Sunday, like I can't like hardly move the thing. And I'm like, this had to have been from like diamond push-ups because it felt like my tricep was just completely jacked up. So I'm like, is this tennis elbow? Is this like tendonitis? Like, what is this? And um, I've been battling it like all week, like taking like some. <clears throat> pain relievers and stuff to kind of help with the inflammation and guys it's been almost a week and it's finally finally calming down i know we can't just shake it off anymore <laughs> no 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 <laughs> Ooh, ow just stood shaking i stood up too fast and my <laughs> like foot hurts it's almost like you got to do like pilates just to like prepare to go to bed these days you know what i'm saying <laughs> i know when did we get old i don't know time goes by so slowly. So slowly. The kids, some of the kids listening don't even know what that's from. That's okay. Anyway. All right. Well, <clears throat> that's all I got. Anything else from you fellas? No? All right. Y'all want to no. talk? You want to talk track? Let's do it. Let's do Let's it. Let's do it. All right, everyone. Welcome to the show. Now that we've done with our jibber-jabber, uh, this is your red alert as we go into spoilerific territory and talk about 
the um, sixth episode of season four of Lower Decks, Hearth Ferngi's Heart Place. Okay. What is up with these names, these titles here? Like, it's almost like Mike McMahon is just messing with us now. Let me see if I can come up with the most weird-ass title I can find. (laughs) Yeah. Jedi the Witch and the Warlord. Wrong wrong show. Wrong show. Oh, yeah. I mean, what is that? Like, these dumbass, like, (laughs) unpathological fallacies. Like, Like, we were struggling to pronounce that before the show last week. Chase had to like check in with us. How do you how do you say this? It's a little inside baseball there for you. <laughs> Thanks for telling on me. Appreciate I, it, I Commander. I have no bones, yet I must flee. I mean what like that's like an old Klingon proverb, right? Probably. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> like minding the mind minding the minds minds. Yep. Whatever happened to just like Mugato Gamato? Normal names, you know. Well, I have a response to that, but it's because all the normal names have been used over nine nine hundred episodes. There's that. Yeah. Hell, we managed to get lost in translation into like the most recent Strange New Worlds. Like that had never been done before. Which is kind of wild to me. Which is wild. Yeah. There's some bait. We could have just done like Trip to Ferenginar. Why couldn't we call this episode that? Or like Rule Acquisition number something. You know what we could have done? So, you you know what we could have done? We could have called it Chamber of Commerce. Oh, I like that. That's See, that's better than whatever... Parth's part. It's not even Parth's. It's like Parth Ferengi's heart place. Shouldn't it be Parth's? Like, shouldn't the apostrophe S be on the Parth? Like, it doesn't make sense on the Ferengi's. Like, I don't know. I'm just overthinking this. (laughs) Tell us how you really feel, Commander. I don't know. Like, just like Chamber of Commerce. That's a great name. Simple, and it, it lets us. It also tells us it's probably about the Ferengi. There is a chamber involved, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> <clears throat> All right. So, even though there's like two and a half to three storylines that are going on in this episode, I think this is just me, but I think much like the Tendi episode from two weeks ago, Something Borrowed, Something Green. I think this is a pretty to-the-point episode. Um, Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's, like, the extraneous stuff, you know, like, with two of the storylines, but, like, I think it's a pretty decent through line. Um, So I think the discussion could potentially be expedited, but we'll also see kind of, like, where the conversation takes us, right? So... Um, So with that... um, We start as always. Say again? We start as always with our mystery ship. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so 
episode starts off, we have some, um, basically some lower decker Ferengi folks, um, just talking shop right on the ship. And, um, there's like some scheming that's going well, on. Get, getting Grand. rid of weapons because Grand the Grand Nagus, Rom. Rom, wants to get away from arms dealing. Yep. And, uh, there's a, a Genesis device mini on board. <laughs> right. It's too small. It's too a miniaturized version. It's an updated portable version. <sighs> but and hey, you guys should be happy because we are kind of getting maybe a little bit of a kind of a tease as to what this ship is or maybe who they're connected to. That's that's a true statement right there. Yeah. Well, we after all the clamoring and the whatever that's happening, you know, below decks, we finally go to the bridge and basically the same kind of conversations we've heard in the past like with like the Klingons the the Romulans etc uh, were under attack and then with the one that was below below deck saying right on time you know with the um, <clears throat> like a little twinkle in his eye basically and uh, thinking they're looking to trade but nope and um, here we are more you know white light Something's happening. They're either decimated or transported. We don't know. And then we're it moving. It looks on. a little bit more violent this time, though. You think so? Yeah, it kind of looked like they were. It, it, to me, it looked like they were almost like disintegrating. Like I don't vaporized, know. yeah. Yeah, maybe they are being transported, but it just I, looked like I don't know. It just looked different because I don't know. I guess we're maybe seeing. It happened to the people and not just the ship, but were they, it kind of did look like they were being transported, but, like... Well, that's the thing, because, like, the, our, our lower-decker Ferengi guy was, you know, t- said there towards the end, it's like, it said something about profit or whatever, you know, so it makes it seem like whoever's on this ship or group or whatever had been in contact with this Ferengi. Yeah, because so he says, like, he's, like, entity. right on, he's, like, right on time. <laughs> It's <laughs> a good evil laugh. That was pretty good, actually. Yeah, pretty, yeah. I'm sort of evil. It's fine. Hmm. Hmm. It's going in your personnel file. Just saying. So we, uh, after the firing and the shoosting and everything, um, <clears throat> we're we're now with Freeman, and Freeman's doing her captain's log, talking about how they've. Um, traveled to Ferenginar and um, there's this application they're wanting to start the process about you know joining the Federation um, yeah because this Mr. Mystery ship is out there and it's like hurting shipping lanes and they need they need fed, the Ferengi needs the Federation resources because of this mystery ship that's out there yeah yeah it's, it's interesting to think of Ferengi you know, for Frank and our being a part of the Federation, because they're they're really in many ways the antithesis of what the current Federation <coughs> is. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a true story. Yeah. So but hey, we've got a little cheese board, little little charcuterie, some grubs. You know, some little some little uh, combat shaped crackers. No big deal. Looking pretty little, good. Little starship cutting board. 
Yep. Looked like there was some gawk there too. Maybe there's they were just beetles. Yep. Because the fring beetles, but kind of if you didn't know any better, it might look like gawk. So, we have the ceremonial bust of good fortune, <laughs> and the uh, and the bill and the and bill the to bill. go with it. We gave, and we gave you the, the, the friends, friends and, and family discount. Right. So we have um, we have. Did you bring any latinum? Goodness. So we have Grand Nagus Rom, and and his wife Lita. Angelita that show up. Yeah. How about that? Good to see those two made it. It is yeah. actually. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that was actually Max Grodencheck in Chase yeah, Masterson. It was, yeah. It was, yeah. <clears throat> so that that was pretty cool. Like having them repri- reprise their role and come back for it. So um anyway, well while they're aboard to negotiate and, you know, start the application process and whatnot, which is other admiral, which I I didn't catch his name. Um, I didn't catch his name either. I'm sure so, it was in there somewhere. But anyway, like the admiral, like he's like, you know, taking point on this and not really listening to Freeman. And that's his prerogative as an admiral. Um, but we're going to be here for a while. And uh, because we're going to be here for a while, um, there's also an opportunity for us to, you know, collect some information to update our files basically about Fringinar. So we're going to um, have a little shore leave-esque thing, right? We're going to send um, our lower deckers to Fringinar to collect some information about Ferengi culture, basically. About pubs and, and bars and pubs restaurants and bars and bars, and bars. And saloons and bars. <laughs> That's the right. travel guide, yeah. yeah. Everything yeah. you need to know. It's basically a lot of bars. <laughs> and uh, because the, um, the Cerritos... Um, is what the 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 horniest ship it's in the, the fleet? Horniest. <laughs> uh, we're going. We need we need someone, to, and we don't. And there's no married couples. Um, there's no have, married couple on this. Not even a couple that's dating on this ship. They're just too horny. <laughs> so we're gonna have um, have you two. We're gonna have Tendy and Rutherford pose as a couple, which. It's kind of believable, actually, um, to go do this. Feels like Commander Eric has some feelings that are later, uh, later that are uh, that are. You just like the brilliant. more natural feeling at the end. <laughs> this is why we don't have nice things. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> Um, and what, what, what's up with like Mariner? Like she's like in a good place, like with stuff, but yet she's not happy that she's in a good place. Yeah, I mean it, it's fairly common for her character, though, is I mean she made a lot of, you know, she raised a lot of hell in the beginning, but like even when things were good, she kind of has to like pick away, and you know, it's just just her thing. Sometimes people it's really hard to just be happy and be settled and happy and accept that you're growing, you know? Yeah. She's just Mariner. She's getting her Mariner on. Yeah, okay. we go to, anyway, we go down to Ferenginar, right? And we see a couple of places. It's what? Loeb's Lounge. 
And there's Uncle Quark's casino, youth casino. That's right. <laughs> and that then was there's, good. There's there's like Umox's like rub dungeon in the back. <laughs> oh, right. Like really? Like did you have to throw that in there? Like couldn't yes. you just said like couldn't it just said Umox? Did it have to put the extra part there? Yes. Yes, they they Yes, they did. Because <sighs> did. this is lower decks. They were yep. contractually obligated to. <laughs> So yeah, so Boimler, he's what he's gonna like do all the things, right? He's gonna boim it up. Um, he's gonna he hit to make an itinerary. That's right, he did. So he get he everyone <laughs> goes and gets checked in, and you know Tendi and Rutherford are at first being very like friendly with each other, like both on the ship and even waiting in line. Yeah, they're playing it up, like, right? Oh, oh, honey bear, let's go check into a hotel room, right? <laughs> you know. And then like it kind of shifts whenever Rutherford says the L word love and it gets like super uncomfortable and like hey maybe we should lay off of this stuff for right now and um yeah so like everyone's checking in right like we get our hotel rooms Boimler goes to his and instead of like going out to like the streets of Fringinar and like doing the stuff he gets stuck watching telenovelas basically the entire time. <laughs> okay, it's, it's a, well, I don't remember how he pronounced commercial, but he pronounces it all funny. Is this a commercial or something like that? And he, I mean, it's it's just uh, we even went uh, through this. It was um, was it a season two episode where we had our people, our frozen people on the uh, our cryogenically frozen people on like a uh, satellite or something like that. The next generation. Next gen. Sorry. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. so that was season, the season one finale. Season one finale. Yeah. So, you know, and they had talked there about the boob tube. You know, television. And they don't have television anymore, so it's just kind of funny to to see that sort of gag again because they don't. They, they it's it's like a hollow novel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, yeah, they just straight up lie to you in these things. <coughs> <coughs> yeah, their, their cola makes their is supposed to make their lobes bigger. <laughs> oh my! So he's checked in, watch, but instead of leave again, he's just stuck watching all these shows. It's like, and... it's like mind control or something. <laughs> but I, I'm I'm too strong for that. But I should just keep watching just to protect anyone in the future who this might happen to. Yep. Oh. And uh, what, there's confetti that goes off for uh, Tendi and Rutherford at in the line, yeah. right? And they they're get the special treatment. They're led up to, like, the honeymoon suite, basically, where everything's hearts everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, they keep doing, like, their little, like, you know, pet talk to each other. And then what, like... Uh, he shows up. The, our Ferengi sh- friend shows up with like, clo- like date clothes. Basically, you need to go change in this. We're gonna do your photo shoot now. Now it's time for lingerie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's where part. That's where we get the title. Their concierge. His name is Part. Which is why the episode should be like Parth's Ferengi Heart Place. 
None of us are English teachers, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah, but like, and I guess this is where like I groaned earlier. Like, this episode is clearly like setting up that like Tendy and Rutherford have like feelings for each other, right? Because they put on their like their date clothes, and Tendy's in like a nice dress, and Rutherford's looking sharp and fly in his suit. Um, and they like, oh, you look so handsome. Oh, you, I forget what Rutherford says, but he says something and like Tendy, she blushes. And it's like, there's this undercurrent of, ooh, they actually have feelings for, they've been trying to like be playful and fun, but now they have feelings for each other, right? And they have to fake it here. And, but it's like, why do we have to take male and female characters or any characters, right? But male female typically who are just good friends why do we always have to go down the romantic feelings lane like we did that i mean with dal and gwyn right i mean i said it i think that's where they're headed they shouldn't do it both of you agreed with me should just be friends but then like at the end dal kissed her and it was like oh and now here we're like sending them down you know, Rutherford and Tendy down the romantic feelings lane. Why can't they just be good friends? Like, why do we have to force the romantic angle everywhere? I don't like it. Why did we have to force? Oh, even even uh, Laon and Kirk. Why do we have to force the romance angle in there? It just it feels forced and unnecessary. And I really hate it. And it really just turns me off. Wow, it, it, it was—I don't know—it it was a little, little odd, little oddball, but I don't know. There, there's always some undercurrent, and I think I don't want to get too deep on this, but I, I, I think that uh, I think that when you get writers in a room, sometimes you start to f- project a little bit of what you want on things. You know, there are a lot of people out there who just want love or romance or this perfect make-believe relationship that isn't necessarily real. And the fact is, is you can absolutely be friends with people. That's 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 not amazing. Um, but yeah, it, it it's just a little formulaic for this, isn't it? Because I mean, we we had our romance story in Discovery. You know, we they just keep trying to like thrust that in here. It's pretty much every show now. Yeah. Picard. I just I just don't like it. Oh yeah, the Picard and Laris, right? Yeah. And they dropped that because Picard got back up with Beverly. Oh, Beverly. Oh, Beverly. <laughs> <laughs> Still one of my favorite things that they left on television. I don't know why they left that in there because it's like it's almost too hilarious to just leave in like a serious ish show. <laughs> oh, oh, Beverly. Oh, Beverly. <laughs> Beverly. <clears throat> anyway, now Rutherford and Tendy they go to the Starfleet Experience Bar and Grill, 
where all the people who work there in their Starfleet are in Starfleet uniforms. I gotta talk about this. I gotta talk and about he- this. Here we go. Oh, oh, here's some some like I don't know. They're they're still playing cute here. Oh, we, you don't you don't get the regular menus. You get the you get the fancy you're in love menus. With with the chocolate sculptures of each other, <laughs> what are you gonna eat first? Oh my! <sighs> so I gotta talk about this because <clears throat> the set that they used for that particular scene was one thousand percent inspired by Star Trek: The Experience. One thousand percent, like even the way. Even the the choice of ships and where they are located and the rows behind them is straight from Star Trek The Experience, which was this exhibit out in Las Vegas from, uh, what was that, 1998 to 2008. And it is absolutely glorious. Um, I, I was just, I was like stupid excited whenever I saw that. And if I can find a picture, I'll, I'll share it with you guys. Did uh, from, anyone from notice what I took. the... A Mugato in the background. Yep, and that was also at Star Trek The Experience. Oh, was it? Yep. A giant Mugato. Yep, that was there. Is there another one off in the corner? David. (laughs) David. (laughs) David. (laughs) I'm just I'm just pulling the energy of the show we're watching, you know. (laughs) (sighs) Sorry, you can take but seriously, though. But seriously, there's this couple over there that gets busted for faking it, right? The and they get, like, taken to, like, the hard hard labor camp for 40 years or whatever it is. Because they that's a serious felony. They tried to fraud this business out of, out of like, a free meal. Basically. <laughs> so then the Parth comes back over. He's like... You two aren't faking it, are you? You just saw me arrest them. By the way, here are these Cupid arrow things behind you, right? And you're going to eat a piece of this chocolate, right? And you have to say something that you like about the other person. And the chairs will know if you're lying. (laughs) And and we're going to put you up on a pedestal. Oh. And we only see like one thing. Like, I like your hair. I like your hair too. Yay, you did it. Yay, you did it. <laughs> and Miglimo eventually shows up just before they're supposed to go into like this little. The, the consummation booth. Yeah. That Those are the most platonic people, friend, the, the, the most platonic <laughs> friends I know, the most platonic relationship I know on, on the ship. What? And they decide they're going to get a divorce right then and there. So they don't have to go into this chamber and. Because Miglimo is trying to come between them. He, he did. He came between them. Such a great telenovela uh, sort of uh, bit of acting there. Yay! And then that storyline is over, finally. Yeah. And there's and just... Uh, 
and all the while Mariner's on the planet doing her Mariner thing, like meeting up with one of her Frangi friends, mm-hmm. getting drunk, and fighting other Frangi, basically. You, and you and need like that her many fr- drinks, it's only ten a.m. Ah, well, I better get one more. Where did you even get that drink? Magic. I don't know. Yeah, she what he calls her out on like self sabotage or whatever. But you know what? That that was actually kind of interesting, though. Once we got to our war memorial of lost prophets, not not profit, not the prophets, profits, monies. Yep. Um, it, it, you know, the the thing is, is like because the show is so slap happy all the time, you don't always get the serious moments. Well, this guy, who is a Ferengi, by the way, calls her out on her bad behavior and it's like you know you've got pretty much everything you've ever wanted why are you trying to self-sabotage like what's up with you and he even tells her that you know he loves her you know as like a friend i assume but like the whole deal is is like that's good sometimes friends do have to like knock you down a peg or just tell you what you have to hear you know what i mean not what you need to hear but what you have to hear so i kind of like that honestly yeah no, I just feel like we've done that storyline with Mariner yeah. before. It's like like we shouldn't have to keep doing the, oh, I'm Mariner and I'm going to self-sabotage myself and somebody's going to tell me to stop. Like, I That's just feel fair. like we've done it before. Yeah, like get your crap together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we've knocked out two of the three storylines and we're back to what? The the Fringy application thing. So after a bunch of like making noise and whatnot, um, our friendly neighborhood Admiral decides to reopen the application. Um, after Rom decides he's going to act like an, um, a dum dum. Um, baseball. Baseball. Can we play baseball? And Lita's all about fine print and they just try and like cram all the things into this application. All okay, the things. Okay. This this guy, I don't know what his name is. This guy is a four pip admiral. Like, you cannot be this dumb. If you I know like we're like bad at the badmirals, right? But like this guy is a four pip admiral. He's got some experience with diplomacy. Like, how does he fall for this dumb it's dumb trick like hook line and sinker? Like, does he think he's just like that smart? Is it like he's just, oh, I'm just so much smarter than than this dum-dum over here. Like, but four pip admiral. Yeah, agreed. It's kind of annoying. He's just a prop, really, for the episode. And it's almost like. Make him a one pip. Make him a one pipper. Don't make him a four pipper. Yeah. Can you say that again? One pipper and four pipper? Make him a one pipper, not a four pipper. Thank you. I needed that. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it, it's valid, though. It's, it, 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 you can take irreverence pretty far, but sometimes you have to temper that a little bit. And in this case, you, you're, you really are just kind of taking it a little bit. And I know it's super nerdy and so forth, and it's a little bit much for some people, especially like casuals and whatnot. But if, if you're, if you're going to set up hierarchy and so forth like at least make it mean something like don't completely just try and be irreverent on everything yeah 
Yeah. So we're we're basically asking for everything, including the kitchen sink, right? Yeah, Just completely let's making it. the negotiations. And completely. We're going to take completely, advantage. We're going to screw you and take advantage of you. Yeah. Yeah. And you know Freeman, I'll give her credit. Like Freeman is trying to she interject and go- say she things. knows what's going on. Like you're falling yeah. for like the good cop bad cop routine here. She calls it something else, but that's essentially what it is. Yep. And um, we get to the very end, right? And Freeman, like, or not, not Freeman. Um, Rom and Lita, basically, they're there, and basically want like this admiral to like dance for him and like Freeman's like oh come on now stop it just stop it and um offers them a pad and um we'll we'll do everything you want here sign this basically and what you just did is like an all or nothing kind of clause where you just decided you said like yes you'll do all this contingent upon the fact that you had to bring in one planet to the to um the federation yeah, well, we Freeman steps up with a different plan. Yeah, and but we didn't state which planet it is that you had to bring in, and it's Kronos. <laughs> yeah, you didn't read the fine print. That's a bad rule of acquisition frame. number eight, right? Yep. Small print looms large, or something, or whatever. Yeah. And Rom ends up really liking that, really digging. You know that she understands like to a certain extent, like, the culture and, like, why it's important and that he didn't want to be dealing with dum-dums, basically. No, I know I know we can't necessarily look into this crazy hard because it is, like, a comedic cartoon, but do you think that's sort of what they wanted the entire time? They just wanted, like, the Federation to show their respect for their culture? Because, like, honestly, like, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to have the Frangi in the Federation, really, with the way they run things but showing that you are respectful of their of their culture that they have by effectively ripping them off maybe no i think they... they wanted to rip them off i just think when he got to the end he's like oh dang she, she almost outferenged me i respect that and you know rom's not the smartest businessman in the shed but like rom's not a dummy rom's not stupid either yeah, and like I mean, he's he, been the Grand Nagus now for well, like six or seven years. Right. I mean, he was chosen the by the timeline. previous Grand Nagus for a reason, and it wasn't specifically just for profit. Right. It was to bring in this new era of Ferengi culture on Ferenginar. So it makes him. I mean, it, it, it's a good setup. If you watch Deep Space Nine, you see like that payoff. Spoilers, by the way. But, but yeah, like you, you see that, and and. To, answer, to try and answer your question, David, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, like, that's the whole thing. Like, you know, we're, we're seeking out, you know, new civilizations and their their cultures. They're going to always look different from our own. You know, it doesn't matter how similar they are or yeah, how much like, they might piss us off. Like, you still have to, like, appreciate it. But I do see the point. Like, you know, they are, like, wildly different from us. What were we going to say, Eric? Do we see any Ferengi women in this episode? Yes, we do. 
on TV or like in like in it's in the the Star Trek the Experience restaurant. There's a couple okay. of them naked actually eating. Oh, they are naked. I didn't see that. Cause they like, are naked. Because like that right there should disqualify them immediately from Federation membership because they're essentially creating a caste system, which we know are outlawed. Because because when Bajor, when that guy came, that guy came back through the wormhole to take the take the the emissary ship, the emissary ship, the, em- the emissary, whatever, <laughs> emissariness, emiss- the emissary ship. I don't know. How would you say that? The Emma ship. The Emma, whatever. That guy came and he wanted to be the emissary, right? And he was the poet from the past, and he wanted everyone to go back to their dejaras, their their caste system. Yep. And they're like, you realize that by doing that, you're throwing Federation membership right out the door. And like I think, making having women be second class citizens and not wanting to wear clothes would constitute a caste system, right? Yeah. Yeah. Although we know Quark and Rum's mom, Moogie, right, wielded great power. Yes. I think we've had this discussion before, but it does bring up kind of a <laughs> bit of a philosophical thing. You know, if you if you say on one hand you are going to respect the culture of another people, but then you disagree with something in their culture. You know what I mean? So it's like, so in, in the case of Bajor, you, you just can't admit them, right? But, you know, at what point are we trying to force our own ideals on the people around us versus respecting their culture? You know, where does the judgment begin end when's it applicable you know what i mean well i think the federation has certain ideals that they want all of its members to live up to and like they're not necessarily passing judgment they're just saying like we believe in we believe in certain things that's what the federation stands for and if your culture can't agree to that that's fine like we accept your culture you just can't be part of our union that's the way I always looked at it. This this question's for either of you. Uh, we'll see who answers the fastest. Um, was it a matter of captain's prerogative in terms of wearing like your own like cultural embellishments with your uniform? Well, I mean, like <coughs> when Rolaren came onto the ship. Riker tore her a new one. You will <coughs> adhere to Starfleet uniform code. Made her take off her religious earring, right? Yeah. Like, I would think, if anything, you'd allow someone to wear like a religious emblem. Like, take off your cross necklace, right? You can't do that in the workplace, right? That's considered, you know, <coughs> in, in our culture, our society can't do that. But, like, he let Worf wear his giant thing, which clearly violates star trek uniform code yeah, yeah I know. I mean, sorry go ahead i was gonna say like i know in um the u.s military now um for those that practice um i don't know how to properly say it so i'm sorry if anyone is this and they're listening but like sikhs um like if you're a sikh i know that you can join the military now and you can still wear your um your headpiece and not have to share your your beard, shave your beard if you're male. <clears throat> and that's um, so that's that's fairly new in terms of like the U.S. military 
like moving in that direction, like with religious type stuff, right, and honoring those traditions. But, but this is this is kind of the old argument though that Starfleet and the Federation are two separate entities, though, because Starfleet are. is the military wing of the Federation. No, Starfleet is the ex. Exploratory it's definitely the military. <laughs> I, I, you know, and the thing, I, I understand what you're saying, and like, I, I'm not, I'm not like trying no, to like, I get, I get it, back, I get it. Like, yeah, I've always been annoyed when we when we try and like not equate Starfleet to the military, you know, because it's it is what it is. I mean, it, they are what they are, but you're right. They have torpedoes and phasers. I mean, they get military training. They, do. they go to an academy. They get commissioned. There's a rank system. I mean. Yes. <clears throat> so. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. The episode basically ends with everyone in a better place, right? Well, I mean, Boimler. Well, hold on. He's hold. pretty wrecked. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, we have, like, we have, um. Rutherford and Tendy that decide to crawl into a little um, shaft together to work on something. Yep, they are done. Yeah, with it looks that. like they're playing footsie there too. Like I know that they're just in a cramped space, but is that what we're calling it these days, footsie? <sighs> to to borrow a phrase that Patrick Stewart used a lot in his autobiography, just a nice cuddle. Was he making it so? He was making it so apparently a lot in his youth, but anyway. My goodness. My goodness. <laughs> I'm going to have to put an, uh, an E rating on this episode. For everybody? <laughs> e for everybody, yes. Just like, yes, yes. E for everybody. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh. Slap that TV 14 rating on this. <laughs> yeah. But hey, Ransom is proud of, of Boimler for getting out of his own way. Right? I mean, that's that's a thing. So there we go. <clears throat> um, and that Let's is just end it. this thing. <laughs> and that is it. All right. Any final stuff, guys? Any final stuff? No. Nope. Like I said, pretty pretty to the point kind of episode. So I'm going to regret asking this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Let's move into the evaluation portion um, and talk Delta. So what are we thinking in terms of the Delta and how well the different divisions of Starfleet service were represented in this episode? Well, I mean, I think you got to give some credit to Carol Freeman, right? And I'm not the biggest Carol Freeman fan here, but, like, she she kind of knew what was going on, and she was trying to, like, tell this admiral, like, what the deal was. And then she figured out a way to, like, make this work. So I think you got to give Carol Freeman some, some command props here. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. And, I, I mean, I, I would say that, like... While engineering is extremely, extremely ticky-tack here, we did kind of start with our group sort of working on the shuttle and, like, tending Rutherford or, you know, they have some engineer speak here. and Techno we have the, yeah. Yeah, we have the return of the, self steel, the self-sealing stem bolt. That doesn't self-steal anymore because <laughs> you've rubbed it so thin. Yeah. 
yeah. Science, I don't know if I can really give much in the way of science. No. 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 <laughs> okay. Well. Alright, how about the uh how about the rating? Scale of one to ten, one being a dumpster fire, ten being absolutely amazing. How do we rate this episode? David, what do you think, man? Um, okay, so you know, as you said, yeah, very short and sweet kind of episode. Nothing um nothing, you know, particularly big. It it, it seemed short. You know, it, it actually did seem like, you know, what is it, twenty five, yeah, like twenty five minutes in total. It it felt like a shorter episode, but you know, I, I can kind of appreciate, you know, getting to the point a little bit, not trying to over embellish certain things. I think that the um, the 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 Ferengi, the, the negotiation side of things, I, I I thought was, you know, it's it's kind of fun ish. I, I actually do kind of feel like, you know, maybe just for for my viewing of the story, because like I don't know if you guys do it when you read books, but like you know, when I was a kid, I read a lot. And I would create all of these scenes in, in my head, you know, to go along with what I was reading. And I, you know, there'd be descriptors and stuff, but sometimes I'd run off on my own and create characters, you know, the way I thought they should look. Um, and I think that the, the moral of the story is for this. I actually do kind of feel like Rom and Lita were really just trying to make sure that the Federation did respect sort of what they what they do as a culture. So. You know, for me, I I actually kind of enjoyed the the, the Frangie section of things um, a, a reasonable bit, not not like crazy. This this isn't like a you know a ten episode. Um, the the Tendy Rutherford thing, you know, I, I tend to kind of agree with Eric on this. It, it's it's really it's slapsticky. It's kind of unnecessary. It, it winds up being a little bit you know just odd, and they 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 threw in. You know, so much innuendo into all of this that, you know, like I've, I've probably said too much for this season. It's like you could tone that down a little bit. You don't you don't have to make it a sexcapade. It, it can be funny without constantly doing that. It, it, it's sort of like fart jokes. You know, how many fart jokes can you do before it's it's legitimately just not funny anymore? Um, so they, they could have towed it back a little bit on that. And, and I also agree with you guys as, as far as like the, the Mariner sort of sub story there. She should know better by now. Like we should have gotten path, past this. And I think it really is almost a, kind of a testament to maybe people saying like, hey, can we take a look at some of these other characters and maybe not be so Mariner centric? And, and maybe that's the thing. They just don't really have anything for Mariner right now. So they re- regress to the thing that we've been talking about since the beginning. And that's kind of all that's there right at this very second. While we sort of try and shine the light on other people, including Freeman in, in here a little bit, who had the, uh, the fix for our potential problem. So um, I, I probably enjoyed it a little bit better than at least the string of episodes that, that I've seen at least the past four episodes, I, I probably did enjoy it a little bit better than that. Um, you know, we, we were joking around a little bit about like one of the episodes and not remembering everything about it. But like, you know, I, I rated uh, the, the first episode as a 7.6 and I don't remember it enough to really be that crazy about it uh, or that, that uh, have that emotional connection to say if this one is better or worse than that. So I don't want to be too crazy about it. 
I, I'm, I'm probably going to land on like a, I don't know. Let, let's just put it at a, at a seven and a half. It was enjoyable, but it went a little too far in some cases. Okay. All right. So there, there were a few like laugh out loud moments that I had uh, with this with this episode. Um, I did enjoy having you know Max Grodencheck and um, you know Chase Masterson back. Uh, in their respective roles uh, for this episode, it was it was nice um, to see Rom doing his his grand uh, Nagus thing. Um, I think I kind of appreciated the Mariner stuff a little bit, but I'm I'm kind of with David on this. Like when you know we we've seen this stuff over and over again, and you kind of like think that there's going nah, I don't, yeah, you kind of expect there's going to be some kind of character kind of growth like even if it is minimal I think there has been I don't want to completely throw the baby out with the bathwater I think there is some growth that's been taking place with um with Mariner um I think it's what would that be like two steps forward one step back kind of thing uh with her and and I think the thing that I'm trying to remind myself of, you know, like in that particular scenario is that there is a net gain of one step that's taking place. So I, I think this has been a pretty decent season for her and her, her character development. So um, that's something I am very pleased with. And I, and I hope I've been consistent with that in my comments this season, um, especially with being very annoyed by her early on in the series. <clears throat> so, um, <clears throat> I mean, I don't really know what else to say. Um, the, the the whole like Fringy and wanting to join, um, I think that was that was pretty decent. And I think the the thing that I enjoyed the most out of that was um, just seeing kind of like Star Trek the experience in the background, basically, uh, for like the restaurant theming and whatnot. Um. I do love I do love Rutherford. Um, he's my boy. Um, I don't want to flame this. I'm, I'm with David. Like this is a um, a decent episode. It's not a ten. Um, it's not it's not last week's score, which I gave was an eight point three. Um, I don't know. I I feel like when we do our retrospective, I'm gonna be like completely redoing all my scores. <laughs> Um, but I think for right now, I think I can live with, um, let's just call it a, I'm just going to go with a seven. I don't know what else to give. I'm just going to give it a seven right now. Eric, what do you think, man? Um, okay, so this has been the season of total disagreement on our parts. Like, you look back through these episodes and, like, when you guys enjoyed an episode, I didn't. Like, a couple <laughs> weeks ago, I enjoyed an episode and you guys didn't. And I hated this episode. I, I hated this episode. 
Um, this is my least favorite episode since the Mathematically Perfect Redemption. Oh, shoot. Okay. I think this is, like, not just a forgettable episode, but it's just a downright bad episode, in my opinion. Um, I hate the the Mariner stuff again. I, I just, I don't know why that's the only thing we can do for her. I, there's got to be other story that we can do. The Boimler stuff, to me, was really stupid. Right, I don't understand the Boimler, <coughs> the Boimler part of it at all. Um, like him getting caught up and just oh, we're just he's just gonna watch telenovelas until he goes crazy. What? Okay, whatever. Like the romance angle, I just I thought was stupid. Right, I don't like it at all. Um, I don't like dumb admirals. Right, just it's a really bad trope that I think. Star Trek needs to get rid of. And I don't particularly like the Rom storyline here either. Like, I get that they're playing a ruse, but I think it went a little... I think it backtracked a lot of the great development that we saw out of Rom in D-Space 9. And it, it makes, like, Lita is is really the, like, the, the true person... I, I don't know. I just it just it didn't sit it didn't sit right with me, the rom of it all. Uh, there's something off about it, and I I can't really explain it better than I just think it 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 walked back some of the character development from from the end of Free Space Nine, and I I just all around did not like this episode, and and I'm glad that it was short because I just wanted to get out of it. Um, I'm gonna give this a six. Wow. I was expecting I, lower. I did not like. I, well, I mean, it like it's not a four, like the peanut hamper episode, right? Uh, I mean, I don't like. I just didn't like it. That's okay. That's totally okay. Look, y'all remember me in like what was it? Unification Part Three. <laughs> yeah. I mean. I think y'all were kind of digging that, and I was like, nope. So it's okay. It's okay. So here we are with um, a 6 from Eric, a 7 from myself, and a 7.5 from David with an overall rating of a 6.8 for our average rating on this episode. So, um, you know, day of recording, Dave, you know, that this episode is, like, coming out, of course, um, and the people of IMDb... Rotten Tomatoes, whatever. What are they saying? Do we know? Uh, yeah, it was a seven point nine when we started recording. Wow. Wow. That looked Jinx. Up. Oh. Wow. Okay. Well, there we go. Okay. Well, we are. Uh, there we have it. Just a few more episodes left, guys. It's crazy that this is almost over. Yep. I just I mean, I say it. we still have four more episodes. But still, four episodes. But, it's gonna. I mean, that'll go by pretty quick, ish. Will it? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And we still don't know what's gonna come uh, after this. Like, if we are gonna have any kind of show to watch after this, like, yeah. I mean, Prodigy's ready to rock think, and roll. How about some Prodigy? It, you can't even watch Prodigy on Paramount Plus anymore. 
They literally yeah, let's took not, it let's off. Let's not have to get another freaking streaming service that I have to pay for. No, they literally took it all. I like I get like I think we even said this a couple weeks ago. I get okay, you're not making new episodes, but leave what's available on the your streaming service. But they literally took it off of Paramount Plus. That's like shocking to me. They are not the home of all Star Trek now. So I don't know if y'all y'all heard about this, but I I don't know enough to really speak um, completely intelligently about this. But apparently, there's been some some noise that's being made right now about lower decks. Like I don't know if lower decks is in like talks of being canceled or not. But uh, Mike McMahon is like basically petitioning the fans to not let what happened to Prodigy happen to lower decks. So I don't know if this show is on the chopping block or not, but it seems like there's something that's that's a brewing. I mean, do we, do we don't really honestly know ratings for these shows anymore, do, that, do we? No. Because I mean, that's not really a thing. What I have noticed, and I don't really remember if this was the case for Prodigy, because I also look on IMDb, very little activity in ratings for lower decks. Like when we check it, it's like a couple hundred. Whereas like I've checked other of our shows and, and just shows in general, and they've got like thousands upon release. You know what I mean? Does that have to do with the fact that this is a cartoon and fewer people will go are going out there to rate a cartoon? Well, and, and that's the thing. I, it's hard to say about like what actual viewership is, but if prodigy was canceled, I mean, does this honestly have a shot? I really don't know. Is that why they tried to make it more raunchy this season to kind of get that Rick and Morty rub so it's a little bit more adult or something something like that? Who knows? I don't know. This is okay. tough when you can't when you can't see like the viewership and that's been a huge that's been a problem like uh, uh, the Lord of the Rings series on Amazon. People were going nuts about that because they disabled the ratings on Amazon. Like, you couldn't rate it for a while after it was being released. Oh, really? Yeah, and they won't release their viewership. Netflix doesn't release their viewership. They just say, this is the biggest show on Netflix. We don't know. <laughs> you know, we don't know if it's the biggest show at all. Huh. And I think that's, <clears throat> without getting into another pile of something, I think that is part of the, the ongoing negotiations like with um, like SAG-AFTRA and um, uh, what's the alphabet soup, AMTMP or something like that, the part of it is like, you know, of course the AI thing but it's also part of like, you know residuals and r ratings and you know, and how you how, you know, writers and actors get paid based off like reruns basically, you know, like we had like the old system, you could put it in syndication and like, of course you hit play and boom you get paid Yep. type of thing but like because it's not you know it's there like you're not really tracking like downloads or viewership or whatever like you would like a traditional network show you know that's part of the problem so I'm hoping that like with those negotiations if like how that all shakes up that that's going to you know be like something that'll shake up like streaming in general be a disruptor I mean I, I'd like that I mean like I think 
most of us want to know like how well it's actually performing like truly performing to to a certain extent right I for any any show that we care about perhaps you yeah know? yeah not that we don't care about these shows I'm just speaking generally here gang like don't get it twisted y'all well the, the reason why I'm curious is if you're if you're a creator and you're out there telling me that hey you should support us you know what I mean because that we may not be here anymore well sometimes I kind of look at it, it's like maybe you don't maybe you shouldn't be here anymore Maybe you yeah. don't deserve to be taking resources away from other shows and other and other things that are actually good in a, a larger audience's eyes. I mean, I think I I don't know. I, I'm I'm just saying it's like maybe maybe they don't deserve to have the the resources, i.e., money to make this show continually when it could have went to better programming. Whatever that programming might be, yeah. 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 Well, there we go. It is what it is, gang. So we're we're at the end of this show. We've we've talked about it from start to finish. We've rated it and all that fun stuff and we have four episodes left in the season and and that's it. And then whenever we get you know, season five, of course, later on. Hopefully next year. We'll see. They're not part of the same union, so we don't have to worry about delays like we would with you know like strange new worlds or other live action stuff so anyway as usual guys thank you so much for for chit chatting with me and david i know you're going to be um on shore leave for a little while so um hope you and your bride enjoy your time together on your honeymoon and uh we look forward to seeing you get back and you know all the adventures that you go on so um i'll bring anyway. the 1970s slideshow to the next Please do. Meeting, you know. We'll have matching T-shirts. It'll be great. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good one. I'll mail y'all shirts. Wear this on this day. Anyway, all right, fellas. Thanks. Thanks again Uh, for all you out there in listening. Hope you enjoyed the show, and uh, we'd love to hear what you thought about uh, Parth Frangie's Heart Place and um, and (laughs) all the stuff that happened in it. Uh, Get in contact with us. TRTVPod at gmail.com. Of course, you can also send us a voice-only transmission, 817-752-4757. Remember, there's a three-minute limit uh, before you have to confess in a box. Uh, so be uh, be quick about it. Other than that, if you want to uh, mail us something, like some self-sealing self stem bolts, you can do that. Make sure it gets to Lone Star Station, P.O. Box 2455, Azel, Texas, 76098. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, remember to boldly go and make it so. Thank you.